welcome to the Evoke Ag podcast, the show where we take a look at the ag tech and food innovations changing the future of farming. Hello and welcome to the Evoke Ag podcast. I'm your host, Steve Honor. This week, we speak to Emma Weston, the CEO and co-founder of AgriDigital, about blockchain technology, how it's evolved and used across agricultural industries today, specifically grains, and how it's empowering farmers to access value beyond the farm gate. AgriDigital's integration of its pharma product, WayPath, with Giora, a blockchain solutions-based company, is supporting this goal. The integration enables growers to generate a digital record of their grain inventory on the blockchain when they make a delivery, which provides greater traceability and finance security. Our regular Vocag contributor Judy Kennedy caught up with Emma to learn more about the partnership between AgriDigital and Giora and how tech stack integrations like this are helping ease barriers to adoption and at the end of the day, solve problems across the supply chain. We hope you enjoy this conversation. Emma, blockchain is a type of database that stores data in blocks that are chained together. It's permanently recorded and up until now it's pretty much been used for transactions. How does AgriDigital employ blockchain to provide solutions to its clients and, and who are your clients? So at AgriDigital, we are a company that provides technology services to the agri-food supply chain and our main clients are farmers, uh, traders or buyers of grain because um, we are very grain-focused and also site operators or, or silo operators. So the way that we use blockchain at AgriDigital is in two ways. We're really focused around uh, how we are able to enable our pharma customers to uh, have deliveries of their grain that are then recognised on-chain, so in the blockchain environment, um, and they use our Waypath product and then post those deliveries to the blockchain. Uh, and the second way is in our supply chain finance business. So the way that we record uh, grain assets is on-chain and we then are able to use that on-chain environment to secure our title to that grain, which improves the risk of financing our customers. So what do you see as the value proposition for farmers to use blockchain technology? And also, what do you think are some of the current barriers that stop them from taking up blockchain? Well, I think if we'd start with the barriers first, um, one of the easier barriers is that blockchain in itself is not necessarily an easy technology to work with. So there's still a lot of friction to being able to to use blockchain um, as part of a as part of a solution um, for for a particular problem set. So I'm answering this in a roundabout way, um, but hopefully that will make sense. Mm-hmm. And when apart from the the friction of the technology itself. Um, it doesn't work alone as a technology. It's not a silver bullet to any um, problem that a farmer may face. And therefore, one of the areas that you know farmers do find difficulty with is even if I understand blockchain, how do I implement it and what other products and services do I need to implement around that, um, which is very typical with technology conversations. But why would farmers be even looking at blockchain to begin with? Well, I think the reason farmers are looking at blockchain is because they're looking at ways that not only can they meet consumer demand about where food comes from, which we've talked about earlier, but also increasingly about how they can participate in the supply chain in a way that reduces their risk. And 
what blockchain does enable is farmers to move beyond the farm gate and to start to be able to participate in supply chain activities um, through the use of and control of their digital grain assets uh, into the supply chain. So it's really starting to turn some of those business models on its head um, and have a look at, you know, ways in which value can be reattributed across the supply chain, potentially to the value of farmers. You're also looking to uh, add benefit to the whole idea of blockchain by integrating with Giora. Can you tell us about AgriDigital and Giora's integration and what you expect to bring to the industry through that? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the key ways in which blockchain is going to be most valuable for users um, over the short to medium term, but perhaps even longer than that, and one of the ways in which it is most accessible to be used at the moment is by integrating with blockchain companies like Giora. And that's what AgriDigital has chosen to do. So, you know, we understand that what we do very well is providing um, application layers to farmers and to traders and buyers of grain and processors and site operators. Um, and we're able to do that in a, you know, in a, in a way that enables our customers to, to strengthen their business operations. And so what blockchain does is help us deliver those services um, to our customers the blockchain element itself is, is not something that we necessarily build out um, comprehensively. So we work with others like Giora to deliver that service to our customers and we embed that in our technology stack. So AgriDigital and Giora are working together to offer a combined solution to farmers and others in the supply chain that wouldn't be available if either of us operated alone. So what do you think the future of blockchain looks like? How can it continue benefiting the agri-food value chain? Is that a case of encouraging agricultural companies to adopt blockchain technology? I know it does probably feel like for many of us that we've been talking about blockchain for quite some time um, in the context of agriculture and particularly for me in the context of the grains industry. But actually, when we have a look at technology adoption, we're still really in the early stages of looking at blockchain and what it can do to address problems across the supply chain. And the focus is really on those problems. It's not necessarily on blockchain itself. But look, I personally believe that over the next five to 10 years, blockchain will be part of most technology stacks across the supply chain in some way, particularly where there are diverse participants who all have to come together around a common uh, a common asset, and in our case, it's grain, but it could also be livestock, it could be horticultural assets, um, it could be other types of, it could be financial assets. Um, but in all cases where so many different participants add value to and touch that asset as it passes through a chain um, of actors, blockchain has a role to play. How does AgriDigital connect the physical inventory, the supply chain data, and the finance? So how does blockchain work between a grain grower and a buyer? Yeah, it's a great question and it comes up a lot, Judy, around um, how we actually connect the digital world with the physical world, which is really at the guts of what you're asking. And the way that we do that at AgriDigital is by combining in the physical inventory management with AgriDigital as the platform that provides the digital management of that inventory. So when a physical delivery is made, that's recorded in AgriDigital, for example. And then the integration with Jura enables that delivery to then be pushed automatically to the blockchain. So it effectively creates a digital twin in terms of the activity, but also the grain asset of what has actually been delivered in the physical world. 
Now, on top of that, we are then continuing to experiment with IoT and other types of sensor devices to know that that grain delivery physically still exists, that the same quality and quantity has been maintained. And we do that through combining information from IoT and other sensor devices with the information that sits in the AgriDigital or Waypath application when it's uh, when we're talking about a farmer grain asset. So blockchain is a major asset to the industry. Can you outline the sorts of objectives you think will encourage other agricultural companies to adopt it, to adopt blockchain technology, and also some of the barriers that have stopped them so far? And, and it's a funny thing, Judy. I think that the um, incentives and the barriers are sort of two sides of the same coin. So one of the ways in which uh, blockchain will get adopted more readily by um, the industry is through actual collaboration across the industry. Blockchain actually works best as a um, as a as an environment where different participants who have never met each other or do not have um, complete trust in each other are able to operate with safety and security. Uh, so collaboration in the early days is going to be really helpful amongst those parties who already have trusted relationships with each other to then use the efficiency and other gains that can be made from blockchain. But then as that, that gets proved up, it can be basically be shared across multiple participants. And so you know, it's the the barrier of a sub supply chain that's been characterised by, uh, I guess, competition rather than cooperation um, can actually be turned on its head if we can find those parties who are willing to collaborate in the first instance. And we're seeing, you know, some great examples of that across the industry, not just the work that AgriDigital and Giora are doing together, but there is um, a, a very big initiative amongst the uh, the multinational grain companies. Uh, to have a look at ways in which they can cooperate together in the post-trade environment, so that's once grain has been shipped, and to look at ways in which they can make that more efficient and to reduce cost to themselves and to the industry. So it is happening, and it's really happening out of collaboration in the first instance. One of the other barriers to adoption of blockchain and comprehension of it is the perception that it might be just a fad because it's been a few years now that we've been talking about it. Is it just the fact that technology take up and development takes time? I think it is. I think all of us, when we um, technologists and those who are there in the early days, you know, with a with a new technology, whether it's blockchain or anything else, we do get very excited about its potential. And so, you know, we do tend to spruik it or talk about it and want to explore it a lot, but it. The reality is it actually takes time for technologies to mature sufficiently that they can actually be applied across a wide variety of use cases. And so although the uh, Satoshi Nakamoto blockchain or Bitcoin white paper was released in 2008, which then prompted the interest in blockchain as the underlying digital accounting system or ledger um, for Bitcoin, it really has taken, you know, all of that time, 12, 13 years since, to get to a point where we're now seeing blockchain in the real world in production. And the reality is it, it may feel like that's a long time, but it still is relatively early days for this technology. And that's no different to, you know, any other large-scale technologies. If we think about the internet back in the early days, it really took 10, 12, 15 years for the internet to be widely used and adopted. Um, 
you know, from from its its early genesis. So blockchain is no different really to many of the other wide-scale technologies that we see in the marketplace. Yes, I was talking to uh, Val Foods the other day and they were saying exactly the same thing that, you know, everybody laughed when people said, oh, you'll have a computer in every home and now effectively you have a computer in your phone, everywhere you go, there there is um, computer technology in the same way as blockchain st- uh, uh, is being expanded in agriculture. I think that's right, and I think it comes back to that. You know, I think it's attributed to Bill Gates. Um, you know, that quote of we we always overestimate what we can do in two years, but we massively underestimate what can be done in ten. Mm. And you know that that's really, I think, it, it sits pretty well with me. Um, I have, you know, really put away my crystal ball in terms of making pronouncements about, you know, where blockchain will be um, in five, 10 or 15 years. And I'm just focusing now on what can we do with these broad range of digital technologies um, to solve real problems. And that's what it's actually about. It's not about the technology per se. It's actually about solving problems at the end of the day. Well, AgriDigital is certainly forging ahead, especially through its partnership with Giora, how do you expect that to benefit blockchain uptake in terms of the industries having the option of a tech stack, of actually people's partnerships being able to benefit the system as a whole? I love this question, Judy, and I, I think one of the ways in which you know we are really hoping that we can help um, farmers and others get the benefits of blockchain is by being um, part of that tech stack, as you say. And for AgriDigital or for our Waypath application, that really is providing an easy access point or user interface for farmers and others to be able to come into an application, in our case it's Waypath for farmers, and then to be able to take manage their grain, take a number of activities um, in that application uh, without really having to think about what's happening, as we would technically say, in the back end. So what's actually powering all of these um, interactions? And in some cases, you know, not all, but in some cases that will be blockchain. So the, the quickest way that we can see blockchain, you know, becoming um, ubiquitous across, across the industry is by lowering the friction points for those to access it. And that means having better applications, better apps on mobiles, better connectivity. It's it's really about um, the access point, I think, and the ease of access. Talk us through the global market opportunities then, because Australia uh, certainly seems to be moving along quite well in its adoption of blockchain, but AgriDigital already has staff working in the US and Canada. Are there other markets that would come to mind as having strong potential? Well, certainly for AgriDigital, we have a, a strong vertical focus on the grains industry. That's really, you know, where we, we, we spend our time and our innovation dollars. Um, but the ability for blockchain technologies to drive uh, innovation and solutions across, uh, across the agricultural industry don't stop at grain. So, you know, we are seeing solutions or allied um, innovations in the livestock sector, in the horticultural sector. Um, I know that Giora itself has provided um, solutions to niche industries such as the essential oils or tea tree industry. Um, There's also uh, some really kind of problematic industries like palm oil um, that, you know, directly impact forestry um, and, uh, you know, canopy issues that are looking at blockchain as a way of being able to drive 
um, sustainable production in those problematic industries. And we're actually doing the same in the US as well, looking at grain and being able to use with Giora an underlying blockchain infrastructure to be able to track low carbon grain from the paddock or from the field all the way through into the market and to start testing whether there are premium paying markets for sustainably produced commodities. Mm. How would you then advise Australian agri-tech startups to enter the national and global markets from your learnings? Look, I think from from what we've done at AgriDigital, you know, we really focused in um, hard on Australia, our home market first, and really got to understand what the product market fit was um, for what we were doing in Australia. We knew that there was a, a, a global market for solving these deep entrenched problems across supply chain, which look at how we bring inventories and data and finance together to make supply chains more efficient and less risky. Um, but we really honed that within Australia first before going to the US in our case. So I think that's where Australia is heading. We're really starting to be a fantastic test bed for ag tech. Um, and it's not just for Australian ag techs. There are other ag techs around the world wanting to come to Australia to develop their products and to understand um, how best to build solutions in, in an environment like Australia. And I think often if you can make it in Australia, you can make it anywhere. When when you see Australia's reputation around the world, are we seen as a leader in ag tech? Oh, I think undoubtedly we're seen as a leader in ag tech. We're we're one of the strongest nations globally in terms of our presence, our level of innovation, um, and you know by presence I mean that we operate in Australia but also globally. And so, you know, this is part of our part of our culture, isn't it? As being Australian, is um, you know we do take our innovations to the world, and what AgTech is doing in particular, really successfully, is commercialising those innovations. So we're not just keeping AgTech at an R and D level; we're really looking to have commercial impact um, globally. So there's some amazing uh, startups and scale ups now in the AgTech sector. I think we should be pretty proud as Australia with with what we're creating and continuing to, um, you know, to bat above our weight, if you like. Well, we look forward to hearing more from AgriDigital. Thanks a lot, Emma. Thanks so much, Judy. Pleasure to be with you today. That was Emma Weston, the CEO of AgriDigital, speaking with Judy Kennedy. Thanks for listening today. My name is Steve Honor, and to stay up to date on food innovations changing the future of farming, be sure to follow Evoke Ag on your preferred social media channel or head to our website, evokeag.com. And until next time, have a great day.